Yo, 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 yo. Good evening and happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to episode 79 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your host, Gabe, and thank you for listening. This episode is a football recap Tuesday. As you will hear, my week one NFL recap along with my week one NFL takeaways. You will also hear my college football recap and takeaways from week two and college football. So stay tuned and I'll talk to you on the other side. All right, now without further ado, let's get right into it. You know I'm going to start my opening take, and that's in the NFL. And I must say, week one opened with a bang and ended with a bang. And that's what I'm going to start, and that's with the bang that it ended with. The Las Vegas Raiders shocking the Baltimore Ravens 33-27 in overtime. Now, this was a game that the Ravens looked like they were about to run away with in the first half. I mean, they were dominating the Ra- Raiders. I mean, they were up 14 to nothing. The Raiders can get nothing going on offense. Their best receiver, Darren Waller, was dropping passes. Derek Carr just couldn't get it going. But the Ravens made the mistake by letting the Raiders hang around and hang around until they finally got going. They cut the lead to four at halftime, and in the second half, they just went back and forth and then overtime struck. And it looked like the Raiders had won the game on a touchdown pass from Derek Carr to Brian Edwards. And everybody was just congratulating each other, thinking that the game was won. But then replay showed that Brian Edwards' knee was down before the ball crossed the plane. So now they have to go back and play. And Derek Carr throws an interception, and you think, oh man, the Raiders are about to lose a heartbreaker in front of their fans. But, kudos to the Ravens defense, who actually played pretty well. I mean, they were getting Lamar Jackson a good part of the night, and they got to him again and cost him to fumble the ball, which they recovered, and then Derek Carr throws the walk-off touchdown pass to Zach Jones to win the game. I'll just say this for the Raiders. This might be the game that sets the tone for them. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to win the division because they still got to go through the Chiefs. They still got to go through the Chargers and Denver. And they and all those teams had good showings this past Sunday. But as I stated before, and I'll say it again, this is the year John Gruden must get it done. As for the Ravens, this was a bad loss. I mean, this is a game this is a game they should have won. This is a game that they dominated. But they just could not sustain. I mean, Lamar Jackson had a pretty good passing game. 235 yards, a, t- a TD pass, 86 yards rushing. I mean, even Sammy Watkins, their new addition, had 96 yards. And Hollywood Brown had 65 yards. They got to get more in the, res- in, in, the, in, in the receiving core. And they got to get more in the running game outside of Lamar Jackson. Now let's move on to the upset that I don't think hardly any, I don't think anybody saw coming. And if you did, more power to you. 
And that's the Saints stomping the Green Bay Packers 38-3. And this game was played in Jacksonville due to Hurricane Ida displacing the Saints. But the story here was Jameis Winston. He didn't have he didn't pass for a lot of yards, but he but he passed for five touchdowns and the most important number, zero interceptions. That's right, zero interceptions for the guy who a couple of years ago was the 30 for 30 quarterback. 30 TDs and 30 interceptions. But Aaron, Aaron Rodgers looked terrible in that game. I mean, he threw two interceptions, and this, of course, was the worst loss with him as the starting quarterback for the Packers. He only had 133 yards passing. When you looked at this offense, there was no offensive cohesiveness, no sustainability. I mean, they just looked lost out there. It was like they just didn't come to play. Now, for the Saints, all I can say for them is we have to wait and see still if they have enough to challenge the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the NFC South. But let's see if Jameis Winston can sustain this type of play. But of course, we all know when he went, once he throws that interception, then we're going to be like, uh-oh, let's hope this doesn't, this doesn't become a pattern. And I think with one year, sitting last year and learning, and I think, you know, with Sean Payton at the helms, I don't think he'll be making those types of mistakes. Now for the other upset... It's Pittsburgh going into Buffalo and upsetting the Bills 23-16. The Bills suffered the same thing that the Ravens did. Basically, they were dominating in the first half. Pittsburgh punt on five straight drives. But in the second half, the Steelers showed that they have a strong defense. And TJ Watt showed why he was worth the money they, they were paying him. I mean, Pittsburgh outscored the Buffalo Bills in the second half, 23-6. Ben Roethlisberger had okay game, 188 yards, 1 TD. Josh Allen had 270 yards and 1 TD on 50 pass attempts. Now, I'll say this for the Buffalo Bills. If Josh Allen has to pass the ball 50 or more times, that's a recipe for this for disaster for this team. They gotta do better in establishing the running. Now for the game of the week, and it was as advertised, and that was the Chiefs beating the Browns 33-29. Now I predicted 34-30 on Friday's podcast, but one point off for each, but that's okay. The Chiefs were down 12, and the Browns actually was dominating. I mean, they were, I mean, they were efficient, running the ball, Baker was getting some good pass plays. And it was like, wow, the Browns could actually pull this off. But no game is safe if you leave enough time and a half for Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes led the comeback with 30, 336 yards, passing three touchdowns, two to Travis Kelsey, one to Tyreek Hill, including a big 75-yard touchdown play in the third quarter. Now, Baker Mayfield had 321 yards, pretty good passing day, but he had one costly interception. 
The Browns just needed to keep pounding the rock. Keep pounding the rock. Baker Mayfield just needed to keep making plays. And they needed to just keep scoring points. I mean, the way you're going to beat this Chiefs team is you got to score some points because this is a suspect defense. And you got to be able to slow down Patrick Mahomes just enough. So, I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers showed everybody how it could be done. I mean, they got the pass rushers. I mean, Clowning and uh, Miles Garrett. And they, they did get one sack on Patrick Mahomes. They needed to get more. So going forward, I think the Cleveland Browns are going to be in good shape. I mean, they're in one of the toughest divisions in football. I mean, with the Steelers, with the Ravens. I mean, Cincinnati, I mean, even though they won, I'm not going to put them there just yet. Now, another game that I predicted correctly, but didn't expect the score to be what it was, and that was Arizona over Tennessee. 38-13 in Tennessee. Kyler Murray just tore it up. Five touchdowns, four passing, one rushing, 289 yards passing. DeAndre Hopkins, 83 yards, two touchdowns. But it was Chandler Jones who was a monster out there with five sacks on Ryan Tannehill. Like I say, Arizona, you know this is the year. And I've, I've said this before and I'll keep saying it. They got to make the playoffs. Or Kingsbury's out of there. So this is a good start. But they were, off the good, they were off to a good start last year and fell apart at the end. So we'll see what happens going forward. Now, Tennessee, Tannehill only had 212 yards, one TD, one interception. Derrick Henry was held to 58 yards rushing. Didn't hear much from Corey Brown and Julio Jones, which of course Coach Mike Grable called out Julio Jones for a penalty. But of course, the Achilles heel is still the Achilles heel for Tennessee, and that's their defense. 416 yards allowed. And Tennessee has a tough schedule ahead of them. I mean, they play the Seahawks in Seattle next week, which I don't think they're going to win. Then they play the Colts, the division rivals. So if they're not careful, they could be 0-3. Speaking of the Seahawks and the Colts, another one I predicted correctly, the Seattle Seahawks beating the Colts. They beat them 28-16. Russell Wilson started out the same way he started out last season, on a tear. He had four touchdown passes, 254 yards, two to Tyler Lockett, and one to DK Metcalf. They got contribution from Chris Carson, their running back, 91 yards rushing. And of course, the defense, you know, played pretty good for the um, Seahawks. I mean, Carson Wentz had 251 yards, two TDs, so he didn't play too bad. I was just surprised that the defense for the Colts didn't play as well as I thought they would. That's why I thought this would be a close game. I mean, my man DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard didn't hear nothing from those from those guys. So another team that need to, the Colts they need to pay attention to because they got some tough games. They play the Rams next week, and I think they're gonna lose that one. 
And then, of course, they play their rival Tennessee. So if they're not careful, they can be 0-3. Speaking of the Rams, the Rams beat the Chicago Bears 34-14. And I was looking for this to be a closer game, too. I figured this would be a defensive struggle. But Matthew Stafford was strong in his debut. 321 yards, three touchdowns. One to um, Cooper Cup, who had 108 yards. And, of course, the defense, you know, played lights played lights out. I mean, and they couldn't, they couldn't hold Aaron Donald down for long. He probably got a sack at the end of the game. And, of course, Andy Dalton, I mean, the, Bear, the Bears were actually in this game, actually. I mean, Andy Dalton played too bad. He had 206 yards. He had one pick. But he made some plays, and he kept them in it. I mean, it was 20-14 to 14 at one point, and Justin Fields even got in the action. You know, he ran, he got a, t- he scored on a, on a touchdown run on the goal line. So, but still, the Bears. I mean, if they go down 0 and 3, 0 and 4, we all know who the Bears are gonna be chanting for, and that puts a lot of pressure on head coach Matt Nagy. But of course, as long as the Rams go. They're in, the, they're in the toughest division in football, and they're one of they're one of your top teams. So, we'll see if Matthew Stafford can sustain this throughout the rest of the season, because that's what they're going to be judged by. Another good game was the Chargers beating the Washington Football Team twenty to sixteen. I mean, this was a tough game. This was a tough defensive um, game, which I figured would be. I mean, Justin Herbert. I mean, he had a pretty solid game 337 yards one TD one pick um, but Ryan Fitzpatrick unfortunately went down with a hip injury and Heineke had to come in I mean he played he played okay 122 yards and a score but the but the one thing I took away from this game was the Chargers taking the lead in the fourth quarter and was able to hold on to finish the game and we all know over the past, what, decade or so, the Chargers have been a team that's blown leads, lose games that they should have won, going back to the Phillip Rivers era. So, this is a start. Let's see if they can keep this up moving forward. And speaking of blowing leads, my 49ers, who did win the game, but almost blew the, the game. I mean... They were up 41 to 20, 24. No, I'm sorry, 20, 41 to 17 in the fourth quarter, and they allowed 16 points. I mean, the defensive line looked terrible. I mean, and this is unlike the Niners' defensive line. I mean, our front seven is one of the best. But it didn't. It, but in, in the second half, it didn't show. I mean, it just seems like they just took their foot off the gas. I mean, maybe they got spooked by you know Jason Ferret's horrible ACL injury, which you gotta feel for that guy. I mean, he's been snake bitten by injuries throughout his whole career, and last year was his first year. He was actually healthy for the most part, and he was looking to have a big year. So. Unfortunately, we have to address that along with Raheem Moster, who first it 
turned out to be just a chip, a, a chip um, cartilage and he'd be out eight weeks but then he decided to go ahead and have season ending surgery but on a positive note my Niners the offense played really well I mean they were good in the running and the pass game I mean Jimmy Garoppolo had 316 yards and a touchdown and Trey area Trey Lance on his first career pass in the NFL throws a touchdown pass to Trent Scherfer. He had a couple of run plays which didn't go well, but that's okay. But Kyle Shanahan said he would use him some, and he did. Now, chances are he'll probably be used again in the next game versus the Eagles. So, as far as the running back situation goes, like I said, you feel for Raheem Moster, but I think they're in good shape. I mean, I mean, a lot Elijah Mitchell, who they drafted, I mean, he had a hundred he had 108 yards and a touchdown, big touchdown run in the second quarter. And hopefully, um, when Trey Sermon gets out of the Kyle Shanahan doghouse, he'll contribute. And then Jeff Wilson will be back, you know in midseason so they're good at the running back and of course don't forget about Jermichael Hastings but Debo Samuel had his best game as a pro he had 189 yards and a touchdown including a 78 yard touchdown pass in the game so the offense is and Kittle had 78 yards um, receiving so they're, they're, they're good they look like they're, gonna, they're fine offensively the offensive line actually was pretty good. I mean, they, they didn't allow many pressures and only gave up one sack and maybe one hit. But the defensive line, they got to clean that up. So, my guys, Fred Water, Greenlaw, even though they played good, but Armstead and the rest of that front four, you got to step it up and you got to be better. Now I want to go to my week one takeaways. First takeaway is 0-1 doesn't mean your season's over. As Aaron Rodgers would say, relax. Just remember, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers looked terrible in their first game last season. And they end up being Super Bowl champs. So us as fans, we have a tendency to overreact every week. But week one doesn't make the season. Now when it gets to week three and four, then you got to start to wonder where your season's going to go. You actually find out after week four what your team is made of. Whether Whether this team is really good, on the cusp of being good, or just flat out mediocre. So that's my first takeaway. Second takeaway, I said this on my last um, episode, and I'm going to continue to say it. The best division in football is the NFC West. Yes, my 49ers are in it. But look, they they they, they were 4-0. And I mean, even though the Niners should have won by, by 30, they, they still won. And the other teams, the Seahawks won by 12, the Rams won by 20, and Arizona won by 25. 
I still believe that this division is going to have three teams in the playoffs. I think the other divisions in the NFC are not going to um, have maybe one or two. I mean, let's look. Let's look at the NFC North. Everybody lost. Now, I still think the Packers are going to come out of that division. I mean, Minnesota, I don't know what to say there. The Bears, I mean, defense is going to get wasted unless they bring in Justin Fields, whenever that's going to be. And Detroit, I mean, they're rebuilding, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kill Detroit too much. I mean, they showed, they showed my team, and they even showed me that team has heart. And Dan, and Dan Campbell, I mean, give that guy two more, two seasons, and he might have this, he might have this team possibly being a, t- a, a good football team. I mean, maybe Detroit. Or maybe stop rebuilding and start winning. Another my my third takeaway, I'm gonna go back to Tennessee again. Now, I've been saying this for a couple of years. Their Achilles heels, their defense. And once again it showed. Now I understand it's week one, so as I said, no panic, but they gotta they gotta they gotta start playing better defense. I mean you, you just saw that Derrick Henry's not going to rush for 150 yards a game. Ryan Tannehill's not going to pass for 300 yards a game. And Sunday should have shown, should have shown the Tennessee Titans that they got they they got to um, get teams off the field. Third takeaway: the Ravens and the Buffalo Bills. If one lesson they they, they, they should learn from this is when you got a team down, you better close them out. Just because you got them down in the first half, you got to keep them there. I mean, the Ravens blew a 14-0 lead and Buffalo blew a 10-0 lead. So if these teams are going to be the the, um, competitors that we think that they are and the Super Bowl contending teams... They got to close games out. Fourth takeaway. Is Russell Wilson. Leading the way. Is trying to become MVP this season. I mean remember last year. He was on a tear. I mean. He had almost 20 touchdowns. By week five. He's got four already. I mean they're playing Tennessee's defense. There's a good chance. He might have four or five next week. So, I would be, I, I would watch out for, I mean, I know it's too early to talk about MVP, but Russell Wilson's making that case to um say, this year I'm going to make become MVP. But of course, we all know that's just an individual goal, and you know, Seattle's goal, of course, is to get to the Super Bowl again. But why? But just pay attention to Russell Wilson over the next couple of games. I mean, here's what they have. They have two teams. They have the Tennessee Titans. Like I said, he could pass for another four to five touchdowns. And the Vikings. That could be another four or five touchdowns. So, there's a good chance. He's, he had four. He could have another four or five. That'd be nine. 
another four or five. That could be 13, 14. So he could have 14 touchdowns by week, by the time he plays my 49ers in week four. So watch for that. And my final takeaway is the Eagles. Now, going into this season, and I admit I'm one of them, I didn't think the Eagles are going to do anything. And there's a good chance they may not. But I think the way they played with Jalen Hurts looking spectacular, they, they might challenge the Cowboys for that division. Because I, I actually believe that the Cowboys are going to win this division, and I think it's theirs to win. But the Eagles might have something to say about that. Now I admit they, they they play my 49ers next week, and you know when this when when this when I looked at the schedule, I'm thinking, yeah, this is one I think we should win. But now I'm a little bit I have to start to think, hmm, this might be tougher than I anticipated. Of course, just um episode note on mon on on Monday I'll be talking to my guy Chris Peel of It's a Game podcast. Who's a, who's a Philadelphia Eagles fan. So we'll be talking about the game after on Monday. So look for that episode next week. Now I'm going to close with college football. Now, it, it, it wasn't a huge college football weekend. At least not on paper. But it gave, college football gave us some good highlights. First off, Oregon upsetting Ohio State in Ohio State. And of course, I thought Ohio State would, would run them over. But Oregon came out and played. I mean, it was just like... I mean, I thought that C.J. Stroud, would, even though he's a freshman quarterback, was better than Anthony Brown. Now, statistically, he put up better numbers than Anthony Brown. He had 484 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. Anthony Brown had 236 yards and two touchdowns. But the running back, C.J. Fidel for Oregon, he had 120-some yards rushing. And the defense, even though the defense is still not that great for Oregon, they did enough to hold the um, Buckeyes at bay. Now, what does this do for the um, Orkin Ducks? Well, actually, what this does is this moves them up in the rankings. I mean, I don't think they're a top 10 team, but still. this, this I mean, they're showing that, look, maybe they are for real. That this year might be the year that they could make some noise. But we'll see. As for Ohio State, uh, the only thing I'll say for them is I don't think that this ends their season. I mean, they're still the top, they're still the top dog in the um Big Ten. But I think it might not be as easy this year as it was. Now, another good game was in the Big in the Big 12. In another Big 10 game, I'm sorry. And that was Iowa beating Iowa State. One, I thought Iowa would win this game because I thought their defense 
was was better and it showed I mean their defense played lights out and as, and another game was Notre Dame almost blew it I mean Notre, I mean Toledo had them on the ropes but thanks to Jack Cohen who dislocated his finger and they had to pop it back into place throwing a game winning touchdown to help the Fighting Hours um, win the vic- win the game over Toledo. He had 239 yards and two touchdowns. As for Notre Dame, I'm not sold on them. I mean, yeah, they they're they're in the they're they're in the tops. They, I mean, they're they're ranked number eight, but I'm not sold on them. I I think they're I think they're going to go down at some point during this season. And for some college football news, Clay Helton was fired as the USC head coach after a terrible performance against Stanford last Saturday. Helton was 46-24 as head coach, and now they're going to be searching for a head coach. Now, there's been talk that Eric Bieniemy said the only job he would take was the USC job, even though I still think he should stick around and wait for one of these NFL jobs to open. Now, here's my takeaways from college football in week two. I mean, Oregon, like I say, played played well, but as I say, I'm not sold on them until I see better see better on defense. Both UFC, second takeaway is both USC Southern Cal and Florida State are dumpster fires. Like I say, you fire your coach after two games. That that says a lot. They say they need a change in leadership, according to the athletic director of USC. I guess that means is he lost the team. That's basically what they're saying, and he lost the confidence of the athletic director. I mean, two games in and, you, and you're already fired? That's not saying a lot. My guess is that they were losing recruits. Usually those kind of things along with the boosters and the alumni threatening not to give no money to university usually would get coaches fired in college football. And Florida State losing to Jacksonville State on a walk-off 59-yard touchdown play. I mean, both of these programs what used to be the standard are now just hot messes. I mean, UFC hasn't been the same since Pete Carroll left that program in shambles. And after Jimbo Fisher, after they got rid of him at Florida State, they have not been the same. They've had like what three or four coaches in that span since Jimbo Fisher you know was pushed out of Florida State so it'll be interesting to see if these team these um, programs can finally get back on track and of course to end I'll say that this weekend this week coming up we should have some better marquee matchups in college football so I'll be talking about that on Friday so stay tuned
Now, this will conclude episode 79 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your host, Gabe. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. I appreciate it. You can catch this um, podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts from. You can follow me on Twitter at ggsports13, and you can follow my Facebook page, Sports Takes Galore with Gabe, on Facebook. I'd like to thank you again for listening. Thank you for downloading. Have a wonderful evening, and I'll talk to you again Friday. Bye-bye.